Hello, and welcome to The Downlink, brought to you by the University of Georgia's Small Satellite Research Laboratory. I'm Graham Grable. I'm a mechanical engineer here at the lab. Yep, and I'm Hollis Neal. I'm a mathematics person and co-a lot of things. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about special lab news and special space news about CubeSat launching from the International Space Station. Well, as y'all can probably notice by the fact that there's just two of us, um, we have a lot of people on break. Yeah, so I think May we kind of decided was like going to be the lab vacation day or the month. So like a lot of us are going to be going out of town for a while. So I know I'm going out of town at the end of May. Oh, I guess I'm the only one that's going to (laughs) be here consistently. So I guess we should transition to some of the stuff that's going on in the lab. So one thing that I've been doing is is image processing. Um, I know I talked a few weeks ago about swath, and so sorry that y'all have extra me, the math perspective (laughs) of things, but too bad. Y'all are stuck with me. But anyway, so I, I haven't done much image processing, so it's been really fun to like look up and brush off my linear algebra and um and how to get these pictures refined and doing cool things for me yeah so a lot of that's going to be pretty critical to for us to test our payloads and make sure we have successful missions mm-hmm. especially so. because I've, I've got some ideas for um structure from motion that aren't implemented the same way as the stereotypical um uh, programs that are out there that are kind of they've kind of been black boxed so it's hard to to like refine so one thing that i think is like if we specialize it for low earth orbit that we can um take out some of the factors that could lead to error in like a general program but we could create one that's specifically made for low earth orbit yeah so i think uh we're going to be putting that out on our github and open source that mm-hmm. yeah yeah we will very cool so all of you guys will be able to get your hands on some of the stuff we we've been working on and play around with it as well. Yes, and that's also if I can pull it off. It's <laughs> once again, I'm not the computer science guy here, but I have fun. Well, that's good, Hollis. Uh, but so normally we would go into the special segment, but this week has been really busy with CubeSats, mm-hmm. and so lots of CubeSats have been launching from the International Space Station. So I thought this week we would combine both of those segments. The special segment about the lab and the space news of the week to get her into the one segment for this week so awesome so i I can actually hit off the the first point yeah so um a lot of cube satellites have been deployed from the international space station and the first one that we're going to focus on is the min xss and i think uh i think it's spelled out that way so you can pronounce it like minks whoa yeah that is is catchy i like that (laughs) it is minks if you read it right (laughs) um, So you can tell us about actually the specifics if you'd like. Yeah, sure. So it's a 3U CubeSat from the University of Colorado Boulder. And it's going to be studying X-ray emissions and the impact of those X-rays on near space atmosphere. So they're looking at the atmosphere area called the thermosphere. So the atmosphere is split up into different regions. Um, The thermosphere is one of the top most areas and i believe there's only one more uh layer of atmosphere before you actually reach uh the common line or not the common line but you reach outer space Mm -hmm. so uh it's pretty interesting that they are actually doing work like this with a cubesat because these type of measurements haven't been done really before 
So it's interesting because CubeSats have always been sort of the proving ground or the chassis for proving technologies, and we're seeing uh, missions like Minks mm-hmm. um, do actual scientific missions. It's great. Um, I think we said this This is like an overall theme of Cube Satellites, but it's it's becoming amazing how much science you can pack into a little 10 by 10 by 10, 20, 30 centimeter exactly. cube. Exactly. Or even in some cases they get bigger but you know for <laughs> our purposes it's a 3u so it'll, it'll be a 10 by 10 by 30 approximately yeah i saw that you uh pulled up the different layers of the atmosphere i i did i was i was just ashamed of myself because <laughs> i don't have them memorized no me either but so there's the troposphere then the stratosphere which is where most like airliners and stuff will be and then the mesosphere and then the thermosphere so i think that the thermosphere um it's it's actually uh is that the one that reaches out the furthest i guess so the the thermosphere is is a really a big chunk so it it starts about um 90 kilometers up and goes to 500 kilometers and so okay lower orbit is actually in the thermosphere interesting i didn't realize that thermosphere went that far up Mm -hmm. which is a really interesting thing because um a lot of people don't think of being in orbit and then also being in the atmosphere exactly but like one one like really big advantage of this actually is due to all the space junk that comes up mm-hmm. because um with all the satellites that we're sending up all the cube satellites it the possibility arises that we're sending up a lot of stuff and we reach a, a point where we can't send anything up without things bumping into each other which is yeah. really bad so sending them up into like leo there's all this atmospheric drag that um so the longer it's up there it it loses its um, velocity and yeah. just kind of burns up once it gets into the lower atmospheres. Interesting. Yeah, so you learn something every day. I learned that the thermosphere went way beyond where even where we'll be in low Earth orbit. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. All right, so I'm going to pronounce this wrong, so I apologize, University of Michigan, but Kadri, Kadri, Cotter, Cater, Cater. I, I'm also going to mispronounce it. So I apologize to the University of Michigan people, but um, they have partnered with the National Science Foundation to study, once again, the thermosphere. So what they're going to be measuring here is density, temperature, the composition, the neutral winds, and ion flows. Yeah, so uh, once again, it's interesting to see all these CubeSats studying the atmosphere. Um, mm-hmm. uh, CubeSats are all studying Earth and looking at what's going on with Earth and it, the effects of space on it. Mm-hmm. And it's really it's a really good thing to do for, like, just our knowledge of the climate period because one thing that they can detect are just um, strange fluctuations that might have a, a broader impact on weather down here that we don't even know about, which would be really cool. Which I don't even know if that's a thing that they're looking into, but I don't know. I'm just thinking. Yeah, I think I was reading a, a little bit more about the mission statement for it, and a lot of satellites haven't been able, or there haven't been a lot of missions able to go into the atmosphere to specifically study like the density or the temperature, and you can't really study those types of, uh, you can't really get that type of data from the ground either. So mm-hmm. CubeSats are sort of the the way to go without having to develop a fully-fledged, very complex satellite. CubeSats mm-hmm. can instead do all the work for you with that. Mm-hmm. 
it, it's so funny um, on how useful even just really small satellites can be. You can just stick a thermocouple on them or yeah. do just strange things and yeah, throw useful data. Develop your payload, throw it in there. So another set of CubeSats that were launched uh, this week from the International Space Station were a set of CubeSats that go by nodes. And so these nodes are made by the Edison Demonstration of SmallSat Networks. And I believe our good friend Roger Hunter from NASA Ames sent us a video of the nodes actually leaving and exiting the, I believe what it, it's the uh, deployer from the Kiba module. Mm-hmm. The, Isn't that the Japanese? Yes, that's right. So that was that was pretty fun. Thank you, Roger. Mm-hmm. That's so neat. So, so one thing that is really interesting right now in the world of cube satellites is demonstrating um, satellite communication with not the ground but different satellites. And so, exactly, I think that's one thing that they're demonstrating is like a networking architecture that takes a bunch of cube satellites and just um, and measures how well that they can talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. So, I think also what they're doing is they is sort of demonstrating that they could take a swarm of satellites. And that the swarm could communicate with each other. So, like on the ground, you might have ants all kind of communicating with each other about where to get the food or how to lift something up. And we're kind of taking that same concept into satellites and CubeSats so that they can, in the future, do a lot more, like uh, uh, maintenance for satellites like the Hubble or uh, James Webb Telescope, or even actually build spacecraft in space, which I think would be really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. So possibly the biggest or CubeSat that is breaking the news. So exciting. Yes, is STEMSAT, which is the first satellite made by elementary school students. That that blows my mind. So so the school launching the STMSAT is actually from Virginia, which is really neat. Virginia. I, mm-hmm. Interesting. I, I never would have thought that an elementary school would send up a satellite like that is so neat. I'm so impressed by all those students over there. Yeah, congratulations, guys. Uh, hopefully, you guys are tuning into the podcast. We try to make this as educational and kid and family friendly as possible. So, mm-hmm. oh, and the STM stands—I'm assuming—stands for the St. Thomas More Cathedral School. Which oh, okay, is what, what it is? Okay, yeah, that's a that's a good acronym. I just said it was like STEM Sat, so. Mm-hmm. That's that's pretty that's very very cool. Yes, I think they have they're going to be using some radio on it and I believe there's even a camera on it, so hopefully those uh elementary school children have lots of fun. Oh, that that's so neat. I can't even imagine if if my elementary school sent up a, a satellite and we were able I know. to look at our own images that, that we sent we sent something up, and this was the result. It yeah, exactly. Is, that is so neat. I'm so excited to see what that group of students over there end up doing. Yeah. Because that's a, that's a big accomplishment. So another set of CubeSats that were launched from the International Space Station this week came from Planet Labs. So I don't know how many of you guys out there know what Planet Labs is, but they are one of the largest CubeSat suppliers, vendors, um, However you would like to classify them. They're very good at making cube satellites. Yes. They have, I think they have like 80 of them up in orbit right now. I wouldn't be surprised. Something along that magnitude. And basically what Planet Labs does is is that they rapidly prototype these cube sats to take 
high-resolution images of Earth. And so they call the, the these CubeSats flocks. Mm-hmm. And so like a flock is made up of the dove. So each CubeSat's called a dove, which is that's nice. so that's so great. I it, love I love their acronyms. It's so peaceful. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so basically, they had they launched a two E and a two E prime. And is that so, the name of it, or the? Time? I believe these are the. I was about to say, I've never heard of a. I think these are like the their code names, like okay. their model numbers. Okay. So basically, the. So say the, they're coming out with a new unit. What, <laughs> the E instead of the. the oh, that'd U. be funny. But uh, Planet Labs is doing some good work with studying Earth and taking good high resolution images for with, with CubeSats. So that's very impressive. It's so it's so neat um, looking at how the industry has been. Um, attaching to the cube satellites as well it has to do with that exponential growth i believe that um they actually take up most of the cube satellite spots on on rockets nowadays yes i believe so um essentially like if there's ever a rocket launch with CubeSats, you could you could put your money on it that at least one of those CubeSats is going to be from planet labs so they, they are doing lots of good work and they're outputting a lot of them mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and they're, I, I, from as far as I know, they're also working very well. Yes. So that's awesome that they're able to churn out these satellites very quickly. And let, and those satellites are of a very high caliber. I think that tells you a little bit about what the CubeSat platform really means. In that you can actually rapidly develop these small satellites. And they're not just little science payloads or little demonstrators. But that they're actually able to get real data, real science, and at a high quality as well. Mm-hmm. So I think you, we are going to see the exponential growth for sure. And Planet Labs is one of those companies that really is showing that growth in that market. So the, the next one I, we've talked about before, but it finally got deployed. So this is the the Lemur 2. Yep. Um, so it, it's the one that looks at maritime traffic and it tracks... The ships as it, they go across the ocean. And stuff. Yeah, exactly. So I think they have, uh, it's one CubeSat, but they have two different payloads. And so the company that makes it is called Nano Satisfy. And so the the one you're talking about that tracks the maritime payload is called the Sense Payload. And so that's going to be taking a look at the maritime traffic and tracking them. And so in the future, I believe they plan on developing that payload to help create drone ships mm-hmm. so you could have uh, instead of a freight ship crossing the ocean with a full crew you could instead have it autonomously cross the ocean that's neat yeah the other payload is the stratos or stratos payload um, and what it does is it also looks at the earth's atmosphere but it is really good for meteorology yeah so that's going to be really used for studying the upper atmosphere and how a Weatherman and how meteorologists can use that data to better predict the weather patterns. So mm-hmm. I know in, in Georgia, I know I wish we had much better weather patterns and much better predictions. Yep, those those butterflies over in China need to stop flapping so hard. <laughs> Shout out to chaos theory. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, El Nino is supposed to die down sometime in 2017. Oh, awesome. So... We should be seeing a little cool cooling uh, when that happens, but everything will start to get back on the rising trend. Mm-hmm. So, 
Um, that's basically all the CubeSats that launched uh, from the International Space Station this week. So uh, do you so have any? I do have one thing. So um, we met this week with a team of people from RIT, and yes. I just wanted to give them a shout out. They are doing some really cool stuff yes. out there, and y'all should definitely check them out. Yes, um, they also have a podcast as well, and uh, they call their podcast the SpecsCast. And you can find them on iTunes. And so definitely go and check them out. They're they're very cool people. Yes, they are. Um, I believe well, we met with Phil. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's actually going to be an intern at SpaceX this summer. So uh, congratulations, Phil. Mm-hmm. It's good work. Have fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Dam Link, brought to you by the University of Georgia Small Satellite Research Laboratory. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at UGA Small Sat Lab. Until next time, over and out.